good morning. Let me welcome all of you here, especially I want to welcome these scouts and their scout leaders, and we're going to have a presentation in a moment of the colors. You'll be led through the Pledge of Allegiance, and we'll be presenting their troop flag to them. We're going to be doing all that before our worship begins. But let me give you some announcements. First of all, ice cream social is tonight at um, 5.30 in the Family Life Center. And you're all welcome to come. And if you're a visitor, you're always welcome to come and you don't have to bring any ice cream. So we want to extend that invitation to you. I want to remind you that next Sunday is our fifth Sunday combined worship that will be here in the sanctuary at 10 a.m. Uh, Reverend Lee will be bringing our message as I will be out of town next week. But do not go at 9 o'clock and go to the Family Life Center because I know how some of you flip back and forth. It'll be at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary to combine service. Uh, one note, uh, Jeff and Lane and Maggie, Goldie and Ellie Austin, who are going to join today, and I think it's in your bulletins, they will be joining Sunday 9-7. They had a conflict. Uh, we're really happy, though, that uh, Jeff and Lane and uh, their children, Austin family, are coming to us. He's the owner of Image East Video here in downtown Greer, and we're very happy to know they're going to become part of our worship life. And they will be received on 9-7, probably in the 9 o'clock service. During the in-between services, we had the scouts and their leaders and some of their families in the, family, in the uh, social hall. And uh, we had uh, Paige uh, and Katie and Cindy and I and Alan uh, and some of the people on the scout committees talked to them about our ministries here and we gave them refreshments and maybe y'all won't go to sleep from the refreshments <laughs> that you had but we, we uh, took that time to introduce our church and ourselves to them and we are, we are really thrilled uh, really thrilled to have uh, Bo who is the committee chairman, Mark is a scoutmaster, and Alan, who is our church representative. So I'm going to turn it over to Alan now and, as they uh, bring in the colors and uh, everything. Where, where are you, Alan? Right here. Okay. Good morning. Um, Boy Scouts is a boy-led organization, so without much uh, adult involvement on this opening, uh, Senior Patrol Leader Field, please take charge.
Good morning again, everyone. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but every time I see that, I, I, that's just the coolest thing, right? So I uh, just want to welcome Troop 107, welcome the families to Memorial this morning. Um, and uh, just wanted to briefly tell you a little story about how all this came to pass. Um, Bo and I were at a camp out in the woods up at Camp Old Indian about a year ago. And um, we, were, uh, we were bunk mates, kind of side by side there. We started talking about, uh, talking about our troops, where we're, where we're from, how many boys we have, what our activities are, and that sort of thing. Bo was a little bummed out at, at, at some point and, and uh, started telling me about he's going to need to find a new home for his, his, his guys. And uh, uh, at some point later on that weekend, the light bulb kind of went on and I said, let me ask Pastor Curtis uh, for some help. You know, maybe he's got some ideas, suggestions, um, and, and so forth. Well, God has a plan and he put us together up there on the side of that mountain and uh, this is the result, so we want to welcome them. Um, I'd like to introduce the Scoutmaster, Mark Green, to come up, and Bo Field, the Troop Committee Chairman, to come up and say a few words. People tell me I don't really need that. I'm just going to talk to you all here. guys. Now for something that's really cool. Um, as a show of our support for years to come and to officially make Memorial your new home, uh, the church would like to present you with your new troop flag.
While he's posting the colors, I'm going to let the, uh, if, if you ever were a scout, boy or girl, or involved in scouts program, would you stand just briefly for us to see? And you know, This is amazing to me. The number of people that was in the 9 o'clock service that stood up, I tell you, it's amazing. This is a really a scout church, a scouting church. Okay, you may, you may be sitting. Let's begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Lord, we come here today because we can. Because you have created this amazing world. Because you have given us days and nights to live by. You have given us minds to make decisions and understand with, and hearts to fill with. And because we're lucky enough to have the freedom to use these gifts. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
may be seated and let our children come forward for children's time. have a good week back to school yeah it's a busy week but a great week right well today I'm going to talk to you a little bit um, about it refers to um, the scripture for the sermon that Pastor Joseph's going to read about and um, it was where Jesus and his disciples had arrived to Caesarea and he was talking to his disciples and um, he was asking them who they thought he was. And Peter answered him, you know, you are the you are the son of man, you're the son of God. Well, Jesus had just, you know, started his journey and he still had many more teachings and he wasn't ready to reveal to the world that he was the Messiah because he still had some work to do. Now, what is a secret? You guys know can anybody tell me what a secret is? Yes. Well, if it's really important, yes, you should tell your mom and dad. And in this case, yes. Right, if your tent friend tells you a secret. Um, and, and that's sort of what Jesus was doing when he told the disciples this. He did not want them to tell anyone yet that he was the Messiah. And I'm sure that was a hard secret to, to tell everyone, or not to tell everyone, because if someone tells you something as spectacular as that, you want to tell everybody. Yes. <laughs> and so... Um, What's so wonderful is that Jesus is our Messiah, and we don't have to keep that a secret. Um, just now, when we stood up and affirmed our faith, that's how we as Christians and as Methodists, you know, we tell people what we believe, and we, we affirm our faith every Sunday and every day. And it's because of our freedom that we're, we're able to do that, and we don't have to keep it a secret. So will you guys pray with me? Dear God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to be our Messiah. And, you know, we are thankful that we are able to spread your love and that we are we live in a wonderful country where we can um, share your love and spread the good news. And we ask that you be with those who, who don't have that freedom, Lord, and that you give them strength and um, show continue to show them your grace. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.
first scripture, uh, our first scripture lesson is Psalm 124. It's on page 966 in your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. A song of ascents of David. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snail, snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us bow our head for a prayer. Oh God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Blessed are you, O oh God, for you have rescued us from our enemies. By your intervention, we have been freed from the snare of evil and have been saved. Hear us this day as we sing to you, O maker of heaven and earth. You have revealed to us the life-giving way of salvation in Jesus Christ. But we must confess this day that we do not always use well the gift of that knowledge. We often fail to confess Jesus as your Son. We do not fulfill well the divine office as keepers of your truth. Our faith is not always grounded in truth, the truth on which you've built your church. We think more highly of ourselves than we ought, and we do not tolerate well the many different gifts you've bestowed upon the community of faith. Oh Lord, forgive us. Forgive us our faults and transform us into a new creation. By the power of your Holy Spirit, give us the gift of right judgment as we carry out the mission of confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. Let us be aglow with the Spirit as you renew our faith in such a way that we may truly offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to your service. O oh God, with you it is an easy thing to give life and well-being. And so we pray this day that you restore those who are sick on our prayer list to their former health. And do not leave any who call upon the healing of your heavenly mercy to be found in want of the remedies of earthly medicine. Give rest to the restless. Comfort those whose comfort who, who, are, who are without comfort, that all may find their health in you. We pray especially for this day for those that are in our hearts now. And we pray, O oh Lord, for these scouts and this new troop that begins this journey with us and the leaders and the parents. O oh Lord, you call us blessed when we believe by your inspiration. Bless now these things that we ask, for we ask them in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is an act of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time to receive our tithes and our offerings.
these Boy Scouts are real troopers because they've heard my sermon already and they're going to sit through it again. So what do you think about that? I'm going to try to vary it up a little bit. But the Scripture remains the same. If you look at Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13, we have these words. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they replied, Some say you are John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered for them. He said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he told them not to tell anyone that he was the Christ until another time. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for calling us this day to worship, allowing us to be here, being with us through your Spirit, and helping us to understand who we are as a church and what's expected of us. We pray in your name. Amen. As I was growing up, I loved superheroes, just like many of you who love superheroes today. I especially liked Batman and Robin and Superman, but my favorite of all time was the Lone Ranger. I don't know, many of you might not know the Lone Ranger. But the Lone Ranger was this superhero who would come in, save the day, and then he would disappear because he had a mask. And people would say, who was that masked man? Who, who is he? Where did he come from? Well, you see, Jesus was a lot like that. He left people wondering, too, as to his identity. And so, since there were so many varied opinions, he decided to ask his disciples some questions. And first, he just asked a general question. Who do people say that I am? Then he asked a more personal question. Who do you say that I am? And of course he received various responses, but to the second question, Peter responds by saying, you are the Christ. He confesses that you are the Christ, the anointed one, the one promised from God, the one we've been looking for, the one that's going to save us. And Jesus takes that confession of Peter and He introduces the concept of the church and He reveals His desire and His purpose for the church. And this is the first time in Scripture that the word church is located. Now during those few little verses, Jesus made certain declarations uh, about His church. And I want to show you three of them. First He said, I will build My church. There was, no, uh, there was no doubt about it. This is something that he was going to build that would prevail through eternity. It, it, it gives you the idea of something that is moving towards a goal, progressing, developing. 
And the church should always be progressing and developing towards a goal. But oftentimes we let things prevent us from carrying on Christ's mission. In order for the church to progress, for it to be built in our time, it requires Jesus to be the center of our life. And that involves commitment. Now Jesus' view on commitment is found, I think, in many ways in the Scripture. But Matthew 16, 24, he said, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. This is the uh, three keys to commitment uh, for a disciple. You see, there's no halfway commitment to be a disciple of Christ. You're either committed or you're not. There's a story told in about a dog that was chasing a rabbit and the dog couldn't quite catch the rabbit and one day the fox said to the dog why is it that you're this big strong fast dog and you can't catch this little rabbit and the dog said this is the reason i'm just running for my dinner but the rabbit is running for his life his commitment to save his life is stronger than my desire for dinner. Friends, our commitment to the church must be stronger than our desire for lunch. Our commitment to the church is about our life. It's about receiving life and holding life and having life, eternal life. Commitment moves the church forward in its mission. Now the second thing I want you to see is that Jesus declared the church to be a proactive church. And when he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail, think about that. That is an active movement towards breaking down the gates of hell. Jesus wants his church to be proactive. And we must be proactive because there's plenty of opposition and there's more today than ever in the world. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.13 says, If anyone lives a godly life in Christ Jesus, they will suffer persecution. And Jesus said in John 15.20, If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. And Paul says in Acts 14.22, We enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation. My friends, today, unfortunately in our world, there are Christians being murdered and persecuted in various parts of our earth. If you desire to walk as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it requires commitment, but it also requires you to be active, proactive, and realize that opposition will come. You will be opposed. You know, Paul describes the Christian life as one of striving and running and wrestling and fighting. And one of the things that prevents us from taking up the race, as Paul described, and running that race faithfully is our lack of courage. We need courage. We need courage to say no in a world that says yes. We need to speak out against injustice. It takes courage for these scouts to follow God and country and their oath. It takes courage for you to trust someone that you can't see but you can only feel, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I was, I told these uh, young people in the, between services, I was a scout, I enjoyed scout, I certainly enjoyed the camps, uh, being part of the camps, uh, the camp that 
uh, I often went to was Camp Bud Shield. And of course, I went to the old Camp Shield before it was the new Bud Shield. And, uh, but one of the things that we did at summer camp that involved trusting a leader, which is the way we have to trust the Lord, is that sometimes they would take a person, they'd blindfold that person, and then you had, you, let me back it up, you would be blindfolded, and then you would have this person who wasn't blindfolded that had to give you directions, and you had to follow the directions of the key, team captain who would call from the sidelines which direction for you to go. Now to play this game, uh, it took courage because you had to follow the directions of the leader and you had to trust that leader that they weren't going to walk you into the lake or wherever else that might be nearby. We well, see it's, it's, they were the only one not blindfolded. Everybody else was. This is the same with our walk in faith. We follow Jesus the same way. We walk by faith, not sight. Jesus is the one telling us which way to go and how to go. In effect, we are blindfolded. We're blinded by the prince of this age. We're blinded by the culture. We're blinded in so many ways. Following Jesus demands faith and courage. It takes courage to be honest in a dishonest society. It takes courage to stick to our convictions when the world says we should abandon all our values. But Paul told us in the Scriptures that we do not have a spirit of timidity. We don't have a spirit of fear. We have a spirit of power. And, and we should use that power. We shouldn't be swayed, afraid, or dismayed. We should use this God-given Holy Spirit power to speak the truth in love to people when they're in error and to follow the morals and precepts of our Lord Jesus Christ. It takes courage. I'm a student of history. I love history, and one of the uh, one of the things that I, I've always enjoyed reading about was Napoleon. You might remember Napoleon conquered the world with his armies. Well, many times Napoleon uh, was up against two or three times the number of army as he had. And it was one a battle when that's exactly what he was facing, and his generals, his lieutenants, uh, his soldiers were apprehensive. And they expected that Napoleon would have the drummer boy sound out, fall back, retreat. But instead, Napoleon looked at the enemy, looked at his troops, and with courage he gave the order to the drummer boy to beat a charge, forward, not retreat, but forward in battle. And they defeated this army that's twice as big as their own. Friends, our leader, Jesus Christ, has sounded the charge when he said, we will not let the gates of hell prevail against us. Jesus has already sounded the charge forward to us. His promise is with us, and it takes courage for the church to move forward in its mission. In the book of Revelation, it talks about the end days, and it talks about the fact that, uh, and it describes the different churches. And one of the churches it describes is a church that's neither hot nor cold. In other words, it can't take a stand. It doesn't take a stand. And the Lord says, I want to spit that church out of my mouth. My friends, the Lord wants us to be courageous in our walk, in our faith, and to move the church forward in its mission. Speaking the truth in love 
is correct always. Now finally, the third thing I want you to see is this. Jesus Christ declared His church to have a great responsibility. You see, what we're about here is so much more important than anything else that we do. He said in verse 19, I give you the keys of the kingdom. So the church has been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now let me give you an example of what that meant to those that day. In New Testament times, a servant was given the keys to the master's storehouse. In doing so, the master of the house has been, is giving the authority to his servant over the goods of the storehouse. You don't get that? When he gives the keys, he's giving authority over the goods to that servant. The church has been given the authority through the keys of heaven to proclaim the truth to a lost world and to declare the means of salvation. The church, that's you, has been entrusted with God's Word. What stands between us and following Jesus' desire for the church to reveal the truths of the gospel to a lost world? I think what holds us back more than anything, not even culture, not even the, the, the litigious society we live in, but what really holds us back, I think, is we just don't take up the challenge. Our lack of commitment our lack of courage, and our lack of taking up the challenge. We, the church, you and me, have been given a great responsibility. And the challenge is before us every day to do right or to do wrong, to be an example of light or to give in to the darkness. Jesus Christ revealed His desire and purpose for His church, and you are the church. And if you are to be a disciple of Christ, we must, if we are to be the disciples God has called us to be, we must realize that Jesus requires us to be committed. To be committed to Christ Jesus as our focus more than anything else. That's the only way the church is built up and will survive another generation. We have got to be committed. And the second thing is we have to be courageous about our responsibility and what that means and realize that we will have opposition Opposition will come. And finally, it requires action. You've got to act on what you believe. If you don't act on what you believe, what good is it? So take up the challenge. Be courageous and be committed to Jesus Christ first and foremost. This is Christ's desire for His church. The question always has to be to us, do we have the same desire is our church progressing towards a goal? Is our church being courageous? Have we taken up the challenge? Will we take it up? Those questions are before you. I pray that we will. Amen.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.